You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Starfield Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Dave Chaffins, who is getting getting it down, man. Yeah, I really, you said you wanted high energy, but I've decided that this music that we play before we start the podcast, it needs to be like a little like dance where we like press buttons on the starship. Like you just get your index fingers out, kind uh-huh. of relax them, and then start, you know, acting like you're pressing buttons. Oh, you know, it's really the star fi- starship button pushing dance. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's in, in that trend of like uh, the I'm taking a shower dance or the yeah, I'm flying a that. plane dance. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I'm going to use that next time I'm at a wedding. Everyone's going to love and then it. Ask them to put on. Ask them to just put on an episode of the podcast. <laughs> And then, but but don't get into the actual podcast. Just stop it there. Just so you know, you don't need to do this for all of us talking. I don't. So I I DJ events. We've talked about this a little bit. Uh, in fact, yeah. I brought it up in the uh, holiday special, which will be on our feed in like the next week after this episode's up, uh, where we got a bunch of the hosts together to talk about things. And I we mentioned things that we've enjoyed over the year. And one of the things I do is I've. I swing dance. And every time I say that, I feel a little bit ashamed because the picture that most people get in their heads of when you say I do swing dancing or whatever is usually some cheesy ass thing on TV they saw where people were like flailing around to Brian Setzer. And what you actually do in a in an actual social club is a little bit different from that. But I also DJ events and things like that as well. So uh, to the point of this, I've never gotten a request while DJing for a podcast episode. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Although um, I did, I did get a request for Billy Idol uh, <laughs> for White Wedding at a swing dance. I also get requests for salsa dance, and I'm just like, that's weird. I wouldn't go to a salsa dance and request jazz music. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's like going to the uh, the heavy metal show and being like, play some funkadelic. Right. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, welcome back to the show. That was this is the weirdest intro we've ever had. We're talking about the Crimson fleet today we're getting into the lore and the origins of the crimson fleet and we will not be talking anymore about djing or going to dances or anything like that unless it somehow comes up in the background i'm pretty sure it doesn't but maybe i missed that part dave i mean did you miss the entire dance studio that the crimson fleet had together i mean when you think about pirates what do you think about you think about pirate songs so there's got to be some like dances this is this is in the future These yeah are future pirates That's true. Space pirates That's true when i have dances with their songs when i first ended up at the key i was expecting a musical number at some point everyone's all like ah screw you uh, uh, we're pirates we're scary pirates and i was expecting a like yo ho yo ho little like dance number but that never happened yes, yes. uh pirates of the penzance uh, situation though as much as i enjoy a comical pirate uh these pirates are not so comical um they're very uh, self-serious yeah, yeah yeah they dial it down a little bit i right. believe yeah. Okay. So let's get into this. Where does our knowledge about the Crimson Fleet start? 
So it starts in an unusual place because in the game, if you go through the Crimson Fleet quest line, the first place you go is the lock. But it actually starts before that with a character called Jasper uh, Cree. Jasper Cree, K-R-Y-X, I call it Cree. Um, he was a low-life criminal gangsta on... Um, uh, New Atlantis. I love that I said gangsta like gangsta. that. Gangsta. He was, he gangsta. was gangsta. His, his name's also Jasper, which is not a very commonly used name, but is great. It is one of those names on my list of like, it needs to be used more often. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really like Jasper. I think that's like a good, like, roguish name to give somebody. Or a really crotchety old man. Hey, I'm Jasper. Uh, Jasper. Hey. Stay a while and listen. No, yeah, that's a Deckard Kane. Anyway, uh, so we find out about Jasper. Jasper is the origin of the group. Yeah, because he was actually recruited by a group called the Crimson Scar, which was a uh, mercenary group uh, that kind of based themselves out of New Atlantis. He was recruited into that group based on some of his nefarious deeds where you know, you get famous enough in the underground levels of the black market and uh, yeah, people are just wanting you. You're like yeah. a free agent ready to be signed. I hear um, he so was joined. stealing a lot of puppies and made a name for himself. Yeah, don't don't quote us on that. But that's totally what happened. <laughs> that's my headcanon, um, at least. I like it. So he ended up uh, joining the group and pretty soon uh, conquered the group, um, became the leader and killed the previous leader. Uh, and hung his body uh, for all to see in the well on New Atlantis. Mm -hmm. So if I went down to the well, like, I guess what? This was like, what, 50 years ago or what have you? And I saw a body hanging up. I'd be like, whoa, this isn't my whitewash settlement situation. There's some like shady stuff going on here. There's you know some what I mean? shady stuff going on here. Also, I need to put a side note. I brought up puppies. It is well known that there are no domesticated animals anywhere in this game. So don't write us and be like, well, actually, he couldn't have stole the puppies. Well, but maybe he did. Maybe that's why they don't exist anymore. Maybe you know, he murdered all the puppies. And that's why he's such a terrible person. In concept art, they showed cats. They did. They did. And people were like, oh, maybe we get to have cats. Maybe we'll see cats running around. And nope, no, not at all. This is this is this is my largest complaint. This yep. is the this is the major send off that I'm going to I'm going to put it in like one of those manila folders and send it to him and be like more cats, please. More cats. Where That's the, pretty much exactly what my daughter wants. One hundred percent of the time. Um, the side note there's more cats, please, because of the neighborhood cats. So, I mean, I feel like that this is a common request. Anyways, outside <laughs> of the uh, the cats of, of feline nature, this criminal cat uh, was nice. so popular that he actually got arrested um, by the United Colonies police force and was sentenced to life in prison aboard their uh special facility known as the lock yeah so this wasn't like hey we're just sending you to the local jail cell this was like we're shipping you off to another planet a freezing location that nobody wants to live and we're going to make you live with a bunch of criminals under heh, lock and key <laughs> <laughs> there's some uh some fun uh wordplay going on there yeah but this seems like mm -hmm. it was like the first super prison that they designed uh, the, the lock itself was supposed to be this like maximum security kind of uh, uh, place where all of the worst of the worst go to, because not only is it was supposed to be maximum security, all of the different amenities that they had with the prison for securing the prisoners. It was also on a really crappy planet. Um, there's a cold as all get out, just constant blizzard. So that when you walk outside, if you weren't clothed or you weren't like in some sort of like, suit for protecting against you know all the all that chilliness you were pretty much dead yeah the planet's name is suvorov which i don't think it's a coincidence that it has a russian sounding name like mm -hmm. like that feeling of like the cold russian winter everybody's heard of the cold russian winter and how cold it can get and I, that's that might be part of what we're supposed to be imagining here when we think about that planet yeah think, i'm thinking about like gulags i'm thinking about like uh I, I think about I think about the thing a lot, like that Arctic facility that they go to. I think it's an Antarctica or Art Art Arctica. I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. I think I think about that facility a lot when I was in the lock of like, oh, there's there's gonna be some weird aliens in here. There's gonna be something going down in here. Or like Stranger because Things. In Stranger Things, they've got that whole 
like that whole last season has in this, the gulag. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. In this frozen gulag. So that kind of picture that that's basically what he's going through here with all of these other prisoners. So the the prison itself was actually controlled by a space station that was above it called the key. So there was the key, the space station, and the lock, which was where they housed prisoners. So the key's job was to make sure that all of the traffic coming in and out of the prison was all copacetic. So that could be supplies, guards, prisoners, um, anything that's coming in and out. So that once people like left the surface, like they wanted to make sure that nobody was like stealing spaceships to get off there. So they had their own space station where if a prisoner stole a ship, then they could, okay, we're in the space station. We'll get our spaceships and go get them. Yeah. Um, it makes so sense to have a, escape. like a mobile observatory kind of location that's monitoring the entire planet. So it's, it seems like a smart idea, but I guess it didn't work out great. It did not, because um, like a lot of prisons in our uh, current uh, situation that we're in here in America and beyond, it was not well funded um, with either resources or personnel. The the amount of of prisoners that they had did not meet the amount of resources that they needed to maintain order. Right. Too many prisoners, not enough guards and security and all of that. Right. right. Not enough weapons, not enough anything. So they um, had a tough time coming up with how to contain the prisoners, but also like run the prison, uh, not even just contain it, but also run it. And one of the, the issues that I think was funny that they came up with was it was cold in the prison and they were trying to figure out how to get more heat in there. So then they bought a bunch of space heaters and tried to put them like throughout the prison. But then all of the prisoners got together and they started using them as weapons. Like they turned them into like they stripped it apart and turned it into like a big frying pan. Like it was hot that you could hit burn people, people with. with or, yeah. oh, yes. Oh, that's great. Um, that's great. <laughs> so this went on for several years. And, and during uh, Jasper Cree, who was in prison, he decided he was going to instigate kind of a riot. And uh, this riot uh, where he got together with his accomplices took over the lock. And then from there, they were able to get in ships, fly to the key and take that over as well. I thought I think this part is really cool because it's very bold. It's it's not just, hey, let's let's take out the guards. Let's steal any of the ships we can find and let's get out of here. It was so bold that they decided, OK, we're not only taking over this place we're going to take over the key as well we're going to kill everybody and then this is our new base <laughs> like that yeah. is that is quite the the flex of like well you see you can't do anything we're not going to run away from you you're going to know exactly where we are because we're taking over this facility for ourselves right so i can so, see why he was respected for that among the other prisoners right oh yeah oh yeah so he, he manages to do this and it seems like a lot of the accomplices that he's had, like, were sticking with him and were like, hey, man, you managed to do this, so we're going to stay with you. And so everybody that stayed with him, um, he decided that he was going to form a new group outside of the um, Crimson Star called the Crimson Fleet. And that started their the, the official start date for the Crimson Fleet was in 2241. OK, so still. Pretty far back there in time, because like twenty three thirty is the current time. So we're going back eighty nine years, almost yeah, hundred yeah. years, right around there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where he started this group. Um, the group itself was different from a lot of the different factions, where it was non traditional. Um, it was a confederacy where the captains kind of came together and decided important issues, but mainly it was a way to network between each other and to get together for jobs. So like if there was a big job that they all wanted to do where they're like, we're going to steal from the Bellagio, they're going to be able to get, you know, their, <laughs> their 11 captains together and go out and get Brad Pitt and um, be able to do that with the amount of resources and kind of the agreed upon splitting that they're doing when it comes to um, uh, the plunder. Is that an oceans? <laughs> totally not. Never seen that once um, in my life. Um, it, it reminds me more of the Pirates of the Caribbean, like in the Pirates movies, how they have this confederacy of pirates and they all get together and each captain is a badass in their own way. And they're try constantly there's always a little bit of power struggle between each of the captains and Sometimes they coordinate, but most of the time they don't like that sort of thing. 
who was the lead? There was a leader in the. This is a side note. In the Pirates of the Caribbean, you have Jack Sparrow, right? He right. was supposed to be one of the captains in there. But then there was his dad, and yeah. he was like the the seat. Wasn't it played by Keith Richards? Did it Keith Richards? He looks that? a lot like Keith Richards. Was that actually Keith Richards? I think it was actually Keith Richards. Uh, they, they got somebody to do it. Jack I think it was Keith Richards. Sparrow's dad. I'm looking this up as uh, Captain Teague. Uh, the actor. Who's the actor? Oh, anyway, uh, I'll I'll keep digging into this. Oh no, it was played that. by Keith Richards. You're right. It is actually Keith, which is funny because Keith Richards was one of the inspiration for his actual pirate. He's like, what could be more piratey than Keith Richards and being a rock star? So that was his inspiration. Um, that's go. hilarious. I had no idea that was actually Keith Richards. That's Learn something ridiculous. new every day. I think I think that scene and kind of tying it back to to what we have with the Crimson Fleet. That scene of them going to in Pirates of the Caribbean movie, they go to this pirate fortress and it's like a bunch of different like pirate ships kind of like molded together to make this like makeshift little fortress that all the pirates live in. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was kind of cool that like in the key, you get that, like you, you get all of these different rooms and all this different stuff. That's all kind of like they've taken off the United colonies, like they've defaced everything. Everybody kind of has their own personality and, and what they do. If you go to some of the different bunk rooms, they're um, dressed up for, you know, the captain's personality that lives there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a really cool location. And it reminded me of that. And every time I go back to that, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm coming back to my pirate's fortress. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's got like that, like, I mean, it's been around for over 90 years. So it's mm-hmm. got that kind of old history of like being kept up by this group of pirates and nobody wants to do any work unless they're forced to. And so right. they or unless they're taking care of their little section of the place. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's got it's got a lot of personality. Uh, some people complain about how everybody there's just kind of kind of just a jerk. <laughs> but I mean, it kind of makes sense. They're a bunch of pirates. So. They're fine. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're just a little smarmy. That's all they are. Yeah, everyone's just smarmy. a little bit smarmy. Yeah, that's it. All right. So Jasper sets up this new location, f- officially forms the Crimson Fleet. Right. And then what? And then he goes off on a grand adventure to um, uh, I would say it would be like Treasure Island. Like he's looking for the um, or um, now, I guess now everybody we can talk about One Piece because now it's a Netflix series and everybody can understand those references. Like he's looking for the the grand treasure, the, the one to end them all. And he actually gets lost looking for that. And he went missing in this like electromagnetic field trying to find this treasure. And he said that this treasure that he was going to get would be able to fund all of the Crimson Fleet operations for years and years and would be able to establish them as like a, a really good force. But as we all know, and how the main quest for the Crimson Fleet plays out, you discover a lot of what happened to Jasper Cree in this um uh, that quest that he went on, um, uh, much like Treasure Island, and <laughs> looking for the, uh, the the treasure for um for yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. So um, I don't know if we want to get too spoilery into the details, but you do follow through with this a bit to find out if the treasure is actually there, what actually happened to him, and all of that. But in the actual story of the Crimson Fleet, he disappears because he goes off, and then the Crimson Fleet moves on without him. And there are some people in the fleet who are like, oh, yeah, he's 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 a legend and he was onto something and maybe we'll find out what that is. Maybe we should follow it. Right. And then there are other people who are like, he was an idiot. He went out there and died somewhere chasing off some fake treasure. And so, no, we're not going to do that. Um, But at the current state of the game, the Crimson Fleet is. Uh, would you call them a little bit more than just a nuisance They're They seem to be garnering enough attention and the potential of them coming across an actual legitimate treasure that would fund their endeavors seems like a very dangerous thing to the UC. I think they're getting bigger uh, and I think that they, they are, you run into them as much as spacers, eclipse mercenaries, like as far as like player encounter they're they've become an issue that's their own their own thing and group um they're they're a big enough gang that they have connections everywhere yeah yeah then they got a cool name crimson fleet you know like yeah it's a good name all right uh any other any other details we want to cover before we go to the mid break 
Well, I kind of wanted to talk about some of the current setup of of members that they have uh, as you start the game. So Delgado is the the leader of the Crimson Raiders. Uh, he's in Crimson Raiders. I wrote that in there. Crimson Raiders are from Borderlands. Um, do not do <laughs> not is, believe me. That's true. That's a very similar yes. name. The Crimson Fleet, however, is led by Delgado, um, and he's obsessed with uh, the the Jasper Cree legacy that uh, special treasure and he's going to pretty much try to do anything to find that um the crimson fleet also employs this really cool cyber runner that i wanted more out of i wanted more out of the cyber runner. dude yeah okay so can we talk about him for a minute what, what was his name again uh his name is shinya voss shinya voss yeah so this part is a little crazy because we know that the communication from planet to planet is only as fast as light can travel, right? So that's right. why there's no radio station out in the galaxy somewhere is because you can't actually transmit radio signals faster than light. Planets are very far away from each other. So, for example, if we were to transmit from the Earth to the sun a radio signal, it's going to take seven minutes to get there. And that's just to the sun. That's not from one solar system to another solar system which would take years if they're light years apart right right so okay so with that being the case you have a character here who seems to be able to hack things like the galactic bank how like what technology is being used in order to do that because even if you even if there was like a local bank stationed on the planet below the key and Shinya could hack into that station mm -hmm. the rest of the bank system wouldn't know about that transaction for years potentially depending on what system you're in unless right. they are conveying information through ships that are traveling with grav drives in order to update the rest of the system is that how it works because i'm very confused it's a cool cyberpunk thing but i don't understand how any of the technology under this works yeah i think it's i think it's done by ships because that's what how information gets everywhere so i think they just have such a network of people that he is able to as people come in and out and back and forth between the key and other um areas i think that's how he's getting his information it feels very much like a mass effect shadow broker to me like it feels like that he is kind of that that character that's like oh i've i've got the underpin on everything i kind of know everything that's going on he's like the lead informant for it but i, I think it's interesting because he's so important that they planted a bomb on his chest yeah and they're like hey you can't leave you gotta stay here don't worry we won't blow you up but uh you can't leave after and Sorry. he's kind of cool with it he's just kind of like yep this is what i gotta do but it's worth it <laughs> it's a super weird at least in mass effect you have the mass relays so it makes sense that you could send like radio signals into the mass relay and then send that to another system and then propagate it from relay to relay right but we don't right. have that in starfield we don't have anything like that to propagate a signal um right. but yeah he's a cool character uh there's uh, i won't spoil anything but like the way this plays out you end up confronting him again at the end of the quest line and you get to make decisions about like i mean clearly he has a bomb on his chest so what are you going to do about that um, and that can play out a few different ways. Yeah, I've never played it out that way because here's the thing. I side with the Crimson Fleet every time. What are you talking you about? You don't take down the Crimson Fleet? No. No. <laughs> what am I, a narc? Do I look like a narc to you? Do I look like somebody who's going to narc on them? No, I'm not a narc. Not an arc over here. I mean, some of them are just jerks, you know, they just need it. But good... then you can just get rid of them. If you don't like them, you can just like, oh, well, you know what? Well, I think you're stupid. And so I'm going to lie about something to get Delgado to kick you out. That's mm -hmm. what happens. Mm -hmm. They find you later and then you get to kill them. Perfect. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So what other characters are there you wanted to cover? Uh, I just went. There's other characters like Alder Kemp, Jasmine Duran, Nave Mora um, that, that you'll meet in the quest line that are their own captains that have their own um, ships that kind of manage their own duties. But they all seem to work together. Um, it feels a lot like the Thieves Guild, um, mm -hmm. particularly yeah. in Oblivion, 
Like uh, that's what it feels like to me of this uh, guild of people that all are a part of it, but you don't necessarily know that they're a captain until later on. It feels like like Alder Kemp, you just think he's an informant, but he's his own captain. He's his own person for it. And that's kind of the same way with the Thieves Guild and Oblivion. Like you don't know who you're talking to is exactly the Thieves Guild, but you know, they're related somehow. But then as you go through the quest and you go through all the stuff, you kind of realize, oh, I'm talking to all the major power players here that are setting everything up. Yeah, they're just keeping a little profile right they just happen to be hanging out at the bar but i didn't realize that they were as important as they were yeah that's a that's an interesting point i would love an expansion i mean we talk about this all the time things that we want in future expansions and whatever i would love more crimson fleet stuff i would love to be able to become like pirate lord and then just not just have like the the ships in your fleet but actually like like rule with an iron fist and be like this like I'm going to sign this guy to captain of that ship and I'm going to do this with this brand. I'm going to send them out on a mission and maybe three days later they come back and now I've got extra money because I get my cut from that mission or maybe things went bad and they got blown up or maybe they get stuck on a planet and now we've got this little side quest to go try to figure out what happened to them and you know get bring them back or yeah i'm curious if there's anything radiant they can do like that because there was if i enter if i now entered the extreme speculation zone there (laughs) was that leak of it wasn't a leak it was just a data mine really that starship excuse me star star station satellite station space base um something all of the something like that (laughs) whatever you call them sure um you can make them like there's like some of the architecture there to be able to make those. And that's why when you target them, they have a level. Yeah. Um, it, it, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of like rumored that that might be in a future update. So I wonder if that comes with like, okay, I'm going to make a dockyard. So I'm going to be building ships or I'm going to make like a pirate base. And I'm going to manage my fleet from that base. And I'm going to have ships coming in and out that I assign. Like, th- I think that could be an interesting way of, um, of tying that in so that you could kind of do some, you know, you could do some of the, Oh, I'm going to make it a trade outpost or no, I'm going to make it a den of absolute scum and villainy. Yeah. Kind of like the uh, automaton update for fallout four, where it's like right. we had robots and even robot companions, Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden now we can do a whole lot more with them. So something like that could could be a lot of fun. All right. There's also a rumor of something else that they've kind of rumored might be adding to the game pretty soon. But we're going to talk about that after the mid break. Let's go thank our patrons and we'll be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. Thank you to all of our patrons who support us, who keep the show going. And big shout outs to our Space Lord patrons, Commander Marcus Shepard and Worst Action Hero. Thank you for your support. And thank you to all of you for being here. I hope you're enjoying your T-shirts, which I'm sure some have gone out already uh, or at least will be going out this month. Um, So T-shirts should be going out if you are at that tier. Stickers, if you're at a tier where where you get stickers, plus you get ad-free episodes and you can join us for our patron chat. Speaking of our patron chat, we will be, uh, we have a holiday special coming out next week, which was recorded with me and some of the other hosts across the network where we talked about some of our favorite things. And then the week after that is the last week of the month. Normally we would do our patron chat on the last Monday of the month, which happens to be Christmas Day. So we're not going to do it on Christmas Day. We're going to do it on the 26th, which is the day after Christmas. Hopefully that's a little bit better for our patrons to join us. So that is coming up in a few weeks and you have plenty of time to sign up if you want to. Hey, if you want to ask for a Christmas present from somebody, get get them to get you a subscription to the Patreon and then you can come join us and chat on the show. Uh, So thank you to everybody for the support for all of that. And um, another way that you can help us out is leaving a five star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read those out on a future episode of the show, or you can rate the show on Spotify or whatever other podcatcher you're listening to this on. Or if even if you're watching the videos on YouTube, commenting, liking, subscribing on the videos, sharing with your friends, all of that stuff would be awesome. So thank you to you for all of the support. We couldn't do it without you. Let's move on with the rest of the show. All right, Dave's dancing again. Dave, so that's the background on the Crimson Fleet. That's what we know so far. That's about as right. I'm sure there are other things they can add in in the future about other pirate captains and other historical things that happened sometime in the last 89 years since Jasper's whole thing with the the key and the lock. Um but uh, I know you've got some questions and I've uh, can, do you want to talk about one of the things they I don't know if you saw this. There was a post yesterday where they hinted at a new mode of transportation that will be added to the game. What does what that could this be? What could this be? Right. Like for the for a long time, they're like, OK, we don't have vehicles because you got your jetpack. But people have complained. They've, you know, at this point, the game's been out for a few months and people are like, well, it would be, it would be nice to, I mean, if you're going to land the, every time you land your your ship on a planet, you're at least so far away from whatever the location was you were going to. So you still got to boost over to it. What if they're, what if they're going to add like a little, I don't know, vehicle that can come out of a compartment on your ship and then you can drive or, you know, I don't know, Star Wars speeder bike across the planet or something. I mean, yeah, I'm more of the I'm more of the camp of the speeder bike because that's easier to implement than like a, a Mass Effect style. Here's my like big centipede jeep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of those big centipede jeeps hanging out around the you know the different bases and stuff. But you can't go in them, can't turn them on, just like cars and Fallout. Um, yeah, they're there. But I feel like a like a a bike would be would be pretty sweet pretty sweet deal yeah something like a little hover bike or something um now pasta monster one in chat in the in our twitch chat uh i think you might be on something as well they posted achilles right riding achilles that's how you pronounce that name right the horse looking guys that fight yeah. the terramorphs um yeah. what if you could catch different kinds of creatures on planets tame them and then ride them that would be cool I would really, I I really want to ride a Terramorph. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I want to much, touch a Terramorph physically, but okay. Yeah, I really want to ride one and be like, oh, this is my Terramorph. Oh, do not worry about the br- your brain getting scrambled right if, now. Don't worry about what that. What if you could tame a Terramorph and instead of it saying like crazy stuff in your brain, it just tells you really warm, fuzzy stuff like... You're that just really, seems like another really version good person. of the adoring fan that you're pitching. Seems yes. like you want the adoring Terramorph. Yes, the adoring Terramorph. And it's like, and it just says like really positive things. You know, 
what? You're a really good person. You're so nice. You are extremely hey. talented. You're so handsome. Like things like that. But now it's just hey, in you've your been brain. a really good person today. You've been really great today. I really appreciate you. It's totally okay. You don't need to feel bad about punching that pirate scum in the face. That was the right thing to do. You know, like, okay, cool. All right. I think we've talked ourselves into a hole and now this has to happen. It's, it's got to be. Got to be a thing. Or, it, I mean, it's, there's got to be a way to mod this in, right? Like the Terramorphs Something. trigger, like, actual audio to play in people's games. So what if you just put a bunch of... Here's what we should do, Dave. You, your voice and my voice, we should record a bunch of, like, really positive things that the Terramorph could be saying. And then we just need <laughs> to mod it into Terramorphs. So instead of them saying terrible things, they say really nice things. And that'll just be a mod. We'll put it up on the store. Re- record some warning motivations and then... Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, that's that's the new speculation zone. But I, I know we've got some discussion questions here. You had some some thoughts on this. Yeah, I wanted to talk about kind of like the design of this of this this league of of bad guys. Like we we get together. A lot of heist movies are like that. Are, are you know a particular one about a, a certain body of water. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's eleven people that get together. They're all criminals, and they all mm-hmm. like in the, in their mindset, they're the like, eleven okay, C's. Well, the 11 seats um they're all like we're all gonna work together you see this in uh fast and furious like pretty much every fast and furious movie it's all in the family um and and the family i've never seen a fast and furious movie well you you really should i have Um, this is an admission right now ever since they came out in the 90s when i was a teenager uh my friends and i made so much fun of them that from that point on it didn't matter if once they actually got good i was just like nope not gonna see not gonna watch this I think now I think now we're getting on that bell curve of like the Fast and Furious movies. So like the middle ones, like five through eight are like woohoo, crazy, so much fun. But then the the, the later half is getting kind of lower and the mm-hmm. and the back and the, the original like trilogy of whatever was is pretty yeah. bad. I, I, I still are, make a joke when we're driving and somebody goes real past past us real fast. I always look at my wife and go, That guy's fast and furious. Which is kind of a dad joke at this point, but it's okay. Yeah, I'm a dad. That's great. That's yeah. great. You're allowed. <laughs> I'm allowed. So my question is, is this feasible? Like a full faction? Like I understand people getting get together for a job, but like how often do you think that there's conflict within the the Crimson Fleet itself for the amount of stuff that they're doing and getting together? Like there has to be a rotating door kind of of, of captains that are coming in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it seems like there's constantly a power struggle and all of the captains are aware of that. And so they need to constantly be like clamping down on the people underneath them while also motivating them at the same time. It's you can see it in the conversations, this whole like, well, if I got to do it, yeah, you got to do it. I'll shoot you in the head. All right, I'll do it. You know, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, So, yeah, I I would imagine it's these kinds of situations probably just fall apart naturally after a certain amount of time. It takes somebody with a really, really strong iron fist or somebody who is extremely charismatic and, you know, holding something over everyone else to kind of keep them in line because everyone's just motivated by their own selfish wants. There's no greater anything beyond that for most of the people who are here. Right. But the the thing about the one rule that they seem to have is that the Crimson Fleet, the only way that you live, leave the Crimson Fleet is in a body bag. Right. Seems to be the the common theme. Right. And we find that to not always be true throughout the storylines. Right. Like we meet people who got out and are desperate to stay out. A a member of consummate consummation constellation. (laughs) Right. <laughs> a member of Constellation, Vladimir Saul. I mean, he was he was a Crimson Fleet captain, and now he's just like working out in his little shed in the woods. You know, I, I think that's he, what I call the that's what I call the eye is the little shed, the little in, the shed in the woods. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, he's he's from them, and um, we learn a bit from him. Uh, also, back to your consummation instead of constellation. I think you've just defined how people who are interested in the adult modding of Starfield will further like the const the group constellation group is going to be called the 
the consummation group. The consummation yeah. group and everyone's gonna be like clothing optional when they're in the club and stuff yeah, yeah. i can see like a, a, mm-hmm. a sarah morgan very non-seriously going welcome to consummation <laughs> <laughs> take off your clothes immediately <laughs> immediately do it um you, that section of the internet is very excited about this idea i'm sure Ooh-hoo. Uh speaking of speaking of getting kind of getting kind of bad with it, bad with yourself, I want to kind of talk about are the Crimson Fleet, I about said Raiders again, are the Crimson Fleet bad guys? I mean, okay, so if you define bad guys in most forms of literature as being self-obsessed, very selfish, like they don't have any higher moral standard then yes, most of them are because they're in it for themselves. Do you have a different take on that? I don't necessarily think that they are bad guys. So, okay. So let's talk like D and D grid, right? You've got like good and evil. You have lawful and chaotic. Where, where's the crimson fleet on that grid? I think they're chaotic neutral. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that they're evil so much no. as they are chaotic neutral. I think you're right. So they're, they're pretty much just like space libertarians. Like the they yeah. have the same kind of economic policies that a lot of the Freestar Collective does, and they want to trade. They want to set up like different economic routes for what's going on, but they also like. I mean, they're going out there and they're they're holding up people and they're uh, you know stealing stuff from people. But it seems like that their attacks are focused more on like the United Colonies, like on almost as kind of a Robin Hood group that's mm-hmm. out there trying to like their main targets are UC banks, um, UC installations. They have a lot of animosity towards the UC. And so it's almost that, like they fall in this kind of gray area of um, being, you know, just your normal run of the mill. I'm, I'm abandoned. I'm going to steal from you because I can. But also this like fight the man power that they have. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I totally see what you're saying. So like the spacers are the ones who are attacking like homesteaders in their homes yeah. and taking from the common people. That's way more chaotic evil uh, compared to the Crimson Fleet, which what you're saying is they they're not going after the homesteaders. They they don't care. Right. They don't they don't want to mess with regular people. They want to get what they believe is theirs from a system that's unfair. On some level, now right. some of them because are all of them, more towards all of them than hold others, this but. animosity from their their history of you know the people before them being imprisoned by the uc like they're all built off the backs of of uc technology and the uc system and so they what i think that they're you know their inspiration their vision their character is is to fight against that power that that the uc have and i think that's why it's so connected to the uc quest line of doing a system defense with with the vigilance and everything that they have going on on that ship and the, the crimson raiders on the other side like they're focused on if you do every single mission for them, they're not stealing from like little people. Right. Right. Like, they are stealing stuff from super rich, like big money score. They're not going out and stealing the poor people. They are right. Robin Hood. You're going on a cruise ship and stealing like the, the Medal of Honor for richest person to <laughs> provide some history about Earth, like some bullshit award that people have come up with that they're going to steal. Right, right. And and the sense is that these rich people are as disaffected as they are from the common man. Like they, right. they this is, and it's true. I mean, this is like they've done studies on this. The wealthier you get, the more you uh, disconnect from everybody else around you, the less uh, empathetic you are to the common person. Um, so, yeah, in that sense, it's yeah. I mean, they it's almost like they are a natural response to a system that doesn't work well. Like the, the corrosive effects of the UC, the fact that the UC and many of these systems favor the wealthy, they support the wealthy. They make it harder in some regards for the common people. The common people often have to scrape by or they have to do certain things in order to gain citizenship and, and life for them is different from the people who are at the top. And so you naturally have some sort of response to that. And that becomes the Crimson Fleet. 
And so to me, if you're talking about, oh, well, if, you know, there's a group that wants to be outside the UC, they can just go to the Freestar Collective. Well, the Freestar Collective has their own rules. And if you think about how the Freestar Collective started, they had to have some sort of finance option to have all the resources that they do. So they pretty much already had to be rich that wanted to go do their own thing in a different place. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to form something. The rest of the people that are living in the galaxy are just like a bunch of homesteaders that really just have like a cabin and maybe a satellite where they meet up once a month to (laughs) talk about, oh, you know, how's your crop doing? My crop's great. Like there's there's not a lot of wealth out there for the people who aren't already wealthy. So like, you know, a Ron Hope character, somebody that's leading the Freestar Collective, dude's super rich. Guy's played by Wes Johnson. He's rich in voice. He's rich in voice. (laughs) (laughs) He's very wealthy in, in his voice capabilities his voice capabilities yeah uh, so you have you have that system and so there has to be kind of a way for people that are already kind of like put down by the uc are not going to be able to go to the freestar collective they're not going to be able to escape from any of that stuff mm-hmm. because they just don't have the resources which right. which i feel like i feel like i'm coming to this point in the lore and i mean you know, we're t- this is the overarching theme we're kind of in the serialized podcast but here's the overarching theme of the first season I think we're being lied to a lot about the UC. I think the UC is actually pretty bad. I think that we're given a lot of propaganda because it's the first place that we go and we're like, oh, well, this is the first thing I learned. And it looks shiny. How it is. It looks nice. Shiny. Yeah. And beautiful. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's it's fantastic. I love my chunks. Love my chunks. No, no, no. Conspiracy theorist in me says that these are the true empire of the galaxy. I think that they are the people that are here to enslave and control. And that's why they have all the mineral rights from all of the conflicts that they have as they're trying to generate all that wealth because they want to keep that wealth. Yeah. And justification for not killing the people who they thought were who they agreed to kill off and like all of that stuff. But like we talked about this previously as well the people at the top of the free star are just as culpable they're they're just as corrupt because they are these wealthy um, well land barons would be the old west term right but like right. wealthy corporation owners and uh you know ceos and company owners and things like this um so both of them are not perfect and but neither is well, here's the thing is that like we we're given this game Starfield and we're given a scenario where everything's supposed to feel hopeful and and we've talked about this before as well this it's not as jaded it's not as dark as Fallout or Elder Scrolls but it still is underneath like the the inside core of any of these groups is corrupt yeah, I'm looking for the Manchurian candidate that that's also like, you know, a master of using the voice on Skyrim. Like I am I am looking for what you know, I'm looking for holes in the UC because I think that they are probably the faction that is benefiting the most from, you know, I, I'm 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 the Bernie Sanders of of, <laughs> of Starfield. Like they are the one percent and the other ninety-nine percent were out here just thriving in the galaxy. Now I want a Bernie Sanders companion. Can somebody mod that into the game? I just want Bernie Sanders following around. I want him every time we're at anywhere with a with a chair, I want him to sit he's down sitting. He's yeah. sit, sit down in his little in his coat with his mittens and just like right staying warm and then when he gets right. when i get up he he talks in his his accent which i can't do and he's just like oh where you think you're going and i'm like bernie you just gotta gotta hey man we got stuff to do all right all right <laughs> all right yeah it's, it's it's a little like this that's right it's, it's a little breathier yeah. So, so my theory is that you know, as far as body count and the amount of stuff and the amount of people that are oppressed, I think that Crimson Fleet is just as like on the moral scale the same as the UC. Honestly, yeah. Like when we we talk about body counts and we talk about the amount of people that they've disenfranchised, stolen from. Right. The, the UC just made illegal by their laws. Right. Yeah. The UC creates all these laws that everyone else has to follow, except for the people in power. And the Crimson Fleet is like, screw oh, that. Did you join the military? No. Well, guess what? You're not a freaking citizen, so we can take whatever we want from you. Right. Yeah. And the Crimson Fleet's like, screw that. You know, everybody has their rights, but you still gotta, yeah. you still gotta contribute. Um, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. It's it's an interesting dynamic. I'm I'm particularly interested in how these storylines play out and the story continues because I think that this is a firm foundation for each of these groups. Where it goes from here 
I mean, it could sw- as as a content creator, somebody who's thought about a lot of this stuff for a while, you could swing it in so many directions for future games and where it goes. So for DLC and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, solid points, Dave. And uh, I'm just here to I'm just here to point and dance point and dance and point and dance well i think that's going to do it for the episode that was all the questions and thoughts we had on this i'm excited to see where things go and uh um hey we're gonna we're taking next week off we're gonna have a little holiday break i holiday hope you en- hope you enjoy the uh holiday chat we all talked about our favorite things from the last year and uh just you know trying to trying to warm the holiday spirit talk about good positive things no complaining any of that so i hope you enjoy that episode coming out next week and then we're getting together with our patrons again and so there's plenty of time to join us still for that if you're interested and uh dave i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week you got anything else going on you want to share yeah um the second season of our uh, Fallout 2D20 campaign on Radroll starts today as you're listening to it. Um, if, you, if you're watching live, it starts tomorrow. But if you're listening to podcast services, it starts today. Uh, you can find it at Radrolls. It's a brand new campaign, so you don't have to know anything about the, the previous episodes, characters, whatever. Um, it's set in an area called the Stormlands, which is in the middle of Kansas, where like a bunch of tornadoes and blizzards and every kind of terrible weather, acid rain, fire rain. I've seen fire and rain. James Taylor is happening. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, go listen to that. That it's a lot of fun. It's a really exciting first episode, and I hope that uh, I hope that you'll give it a try and find it. Um, it's Rad Rolls on all them services. Rad Rolls wherever you listen to this, you can listen to that also. And you can oh, also yeah. listen to my other shows if you want more Fallout lore, or Elder Scrolls lore, or Lord of the Rings lore, or Mass Effect lore. If you're into any of those things, I do those shows. And there's lots of other shows on the network. There's shows that I used to do that were handed off to other hosts. Lots of cool content. So robotsradio.net for all of that. Thanks for joining us. And chat, thank you for being here. I love seeing all the conversation and all of the comments in the chat while we do these episodes. We'll be back in two weeks on a Wednesday night for our patron chat. So join us then. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this show. Did you know that parodies are copyright protected? Tell a friend and review on iTunes or other services. Dave and Tom, excited for Starfield. Let's all speculate and wear no shoes. Why aren't we wearing any shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes, and that's the best I could think of. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.